Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. I am your host, Christy Haberman. I am glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of our community. A few disclaimers before we get started. I am a licensed therapist. However, this podcast is not to be considered mental health therapy or counseling. It is for entertainment purposes only and is not associated with my counseling practice, Christy Haberman Counseling Services. Thanks for showing up. Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. This is Christy Haberman. We're recording episode 18 today. Every week I say, I can't believe we've come this far. Thank you for hanging in there with me. So today we're going to talk about loss. Up until yesterday, I didn't know what I was going to talk about today. Until our dog passed last night. And we've had storms since 2007. He was 16 years old. Two days ago, he stopped eating, but it's not unusual for him to stop eating. Uh, he just did. And so we weren't too concerned until yesterday he started throwing up clear water and then he drank some more and then he threw up some more water and then he started to not be able to walk and so we took him to the emergency vet last night and they said that we could do some blood tests to figure out what's wrong he had a fever but they honestly thought that it would be more humane for him to Across the rainbow bridge because giving him the medications and stuff with the body in the state that it was um, he would not be able to probably work through the illness and that he would die anyway so to, so to elevate his suffering we decided to go ahead and follow their recommendations and he crossed the rainbow bridge This is the first major loss I've had since Christopher died. And as you can hear my voice and what my podcast is all about is being real about grief. I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to be one of those social media influencers and always show the positive because I think we're doing a disservice to people when we do that. I'm talking about the real. And so if you hear it in my voice, yeah, I'm on the verge of tears and probably will be throughout this podcast, but it's important to talk about because we hear over and over again, get over it. Why can't you get over it? It's about time to get over it. So I wanted to talk about this experience because It was astounding to me how it took me right back. It took me right back to the moment that my son died. And so Christopher died in a hospital. And so we were in a veterinary hospital. So yeah, that was a trigger. But what was amazing to me is that as grieving parents, we get so good at what we call compartmentalization. 
which means is there's a part of me that grieves my son every moment of every day in every experience that is carried with me every day. Then there's another part of me that is present going through my day and it's the mass that I show the rest of the world. So I'm present there with my dog, but the other part of me is screaming about how this can't be happening again. But I talk about it all the time. It's, and people get really uncomfortable with me in my personal life when I talk about this, but death comes for all of us. And losing a child teaches you that lesson more than anything in the world that you know death is right around the corner for any one of us. And so it came from my dog. And they give the dog a sedative. So they gave my dog the sedative and I started to have a panic attack. Because I wanted to go backwards. <laughs> I wanted to take back the decision that we had made. Because I couldn't stop thinking about Chris. And so the circumstances of Christopher's death were that he was in the hospital. They didn't hook him up into any electronic monitoring equipment. You know how you go to the hospital and they hook you up to the, we can see your heart rate, we can monitor your blood pressure, we can monitor your oxygen. And to this day, I'll never understand why they did not do that. So they, didn't, they did not do that for Christopher. And the nurse came in and gave him some pain medication because he was in so much pain from the cancer and she left and he died and that's kind of what the doctor did for us and then came in gave chris the dog the sedative um came in gave him the medication and then he died almost immediately So right after my dog died, it was just uncontrollable crying. But at the same time, it's just so weird because then at the same time I'm experiencing my son's death all over again. And it's just, to me it was just like living as two different people inside of one body and I did not realize until that moment how compartmentalized my grief was which means that um, it's not really a part of me it's um, something separate something and I only take it out in safe spaces And this podcast has become a safe space for me. It's where I can pull my grief out and I can talk about it. I have some safe people that I take my grief out and I talk about it. And 
it just hit home how whether we like it or not we can't just get over it i just don't i just don't see how i was no more in control of whether or not i was thinking about my son than i was being there with my with my dog because i'm trying to think how so if i had stop to tell myself stop thinking about chris i wouldn't have been able to be present there for the dog and i really wanted to be present for my dog and so it's not it's just not so simple and that's what i want to emphasize in this podcast because i'm hoping that there are people that have grievers in their lives that listen to this and when they tell us to just get over it they don't understand what an impossible task that is i just can't i i can't get over it i'm not sure that we're designed as human beings to get over it either that's the other thing and i'm not sure i want to because i'm a full functioning human being with emotions and memories and all of those things that make us human beings. And I have a spirit and I have a soul and um, that was very much present there with, with my dog. So for those of you that haven't experienced another loss after the loss of your child, I don't want you to be blindsided by how it takes you back to that same moment of when your children died so what do we do about it we have to learn to cope with it and coping with it people like so misunderstand grief coping is with it means leaning into the pain allowing yourself to feel the pain and just allowing it to pass through you Because the minute you try to stop it, say, no, you shouldn't be feeling this way, you put up a block, which pretty much ensures that it's going to stay in your body and it's going to stay there and you're going to continue to think about it. So you have to let it pass. You have to let it pass through you. And I think understanding that learning to move through these losses will help you in the future when you have more losses. But it's just very, very surprising to me that how, how quickly, how quickly I went back to that moment. So I want to talk about the panic attack for a second. So they get, I give in the dog the sedative and I was starting to have a panic attack. And so I'm flashing back to Christopher in the hospital. The crazy thing is I wasn't there though, but I still have a very clear image inside of my head. And it's almost like simultaneously I'm thinking that if I could stop what was happening with my dog, I could stop Christopher from dying. 
I talked about cognitive behavioral therapy and irrational beliefs. Well, that would be a r irrational belief, right? That those things are happen spun, you know, in the same moment in time, and that one would stop the other. But nothing about grief is rational. Nothing. And I think that's one of the things that we need to understand and accept about ourselves is that thoughts like those are part of the grieving process. Because if we woulda, coulda, shoulda, we would have stopped it. I know I would have. I would have died for him if I could have. And I know I know so many mothers out there. I don't even have to talk to you individually to know that you would do the same. And so was I having a panic attack because of what was happening with my dog? Or was I having a panic attack because I was reliving the moment that I couldn't stop Chris from dying? It's very interesting. Like, And even as a therapist, so I have my therapist brain and then I have my real life brain. And my therapist brain has been trying to figure it out, thinking, that's kind of amazing that our brain has the ability to do that. But it's also critically important for us to understand that and understand that it might be a possibility in numerous different situations. And I still have been crying off and on all day. But I'm kind of afraid to go to work. Um, because now it's all connected, right? So you experience one loss, that loss compounds another loss, and it compounds another loss. And I'm like, will I be able to function all day? Will I be able to compartmentalize this and put it away with Chris? And, you know, not think about it all day. And I don't know if I can put it back in the box that I keep it in so that I can function during the day. And I want you to know that I think that there's a lot of people in this world that have lost children that do that. They have a box that they put it in, that they've created, that allows them to function in the world. And so I know I have. So I don't know what I'm going to do if I lose another family member. So I was able to stop my panic attack in that moment in order to be there for my dog. But if I don't know if I'll be able to do that if it was like my dad, another child, my husband. Um, and then that fear gets activated, right? And then you become fearful of those things happening. And then that puts me into what's called hypervigilance, which means I'm always on the alert, looking for signs. I'll probably be triggered for a while with ambulances. Always worrying. Is that somebody I know? 
and just trying to move through this. So I thought for sure that I would have a nightmare last night, and I did not. Luckily. But maybe that's because I was expecting the nightmare, so I was on kind of um, alert to keep myself from having a nightmare. It's probably I'll start having them when I relax. And I haven't really talked about the well, a little bit, I've talked about my paranormal beliefs. But I'm convinced that my dog is still around. I could sense him in the backyard. He loved being outside. He would not be inside. He was not an inside dog. He was a husky. And I asked myself, okay, so is it true? Is it not true? that he is running around our backyard. And I just choose to believe that it's true. That he's where he's the happiest. But then there's a little part of me that's kind of jealous because I, I, in my mind, like, and I create this, these stories because they make me feel better. Now, I don't know that everybody does this, but this is how one of the ways that I cope is that I imagine Christopher meeting him. And that they are together. Now, he never knew Storm, but I don't think that matters. Because love is... Love is everything. And it crosses the boundaries between here and there. And I've had dreams. I had a very vivid dream one time. I, I still remember it. It's like a dream within a dream. I'll be dreaming something and then something else will happen. So I had a dog named Bo. And he died before Christopher died too. And so Bo was going up the stairs and I'm following Bo up the stairs. He's a lab. And that's kind of like this tunnel I'm going and I get to the top of the get to the top. And I don't know the top of what, but I just know that it was the top of something. And there was a kitchen table there and Christopher was there. And Christopher was there with our other dog Sky that had died and Bear. And so all and then he had a dog named Dixie. And they were all there together. And I remember having a conversation with him, but I don't remember the content. And sometimes I really wish I would. Now, I did have a dream about Christopher this week. About Tuesday. Tuesday, I think it was, when we had a conversation. So I don't know if he came to tell me that a storm was going to pass soon. He was 16 years old. He was 105 in um, human years. He also had these amazing blue eyes, just like Crisper. And so I imagine them together. It helps me cope. And it's comforting to me to know that um, Christopher is not alone. 
So the other thing that I do is I let myself cry when I need to. And I think that's criti critically important. Now my husband, not so much. He is not. He's a stuffer and he'll stuff it in and it'll come out unexpectedly at some point in time. So I feel really bad for him about that. But that's just his way of coping. Because Storm was really his dog. What a great support to him. So I that's what I would like to know from some of you is, have you experienced the loss after the loss of your child? And what was it like for you? Did you have that sense of compartmentalization that, you know, there's this part of you that's screaming in your head and seeing this whole scenario of your child dying while you're experiencing the death of someone else? Or is it different for you? Because that's definitely how it happened for me. Even though I wasn't there when he died. And I don't know how I see it in my head, but I know I do. But I'm a very visual person. I'm finding even the older I get, the more visual I'm becoming. I'm listening to the rain right now. It's like the world is crying because a storm died. And it's the 4th of July, or the 3rd of July, getting ready to support, go to the 4th of July. I just don't know. I wish I lived in a world where death wasn't a part of it. I wish I still had the security in knowing that the world was a safe place. But that is gone. our secondary losses. And so will Storm be. So I don't know if we'll get another dog again. I don't know if I can handle it, to be honest with you guys. I just, oh, it's such a struggle. I'm so terrified of feeling like that. And maybe that's it, because I talk about acceptance, but maybe I haven't accepted it's just the pain is so deep. Maybe it's time to take it out and examine it again. You shall see. The other thing that it has done is made me feel much more vulnerable in the world. And right now there's so much going on in our world politically. And otherwise, that being vulnerable doesn't feel very good. So that's my story about Storm. And my experiences with it, experience death again. Do you ever imagine what death looks like? I know I do.
I think about it a lot. I do know that when I was in the room when Storm died, I thought it would be more dramatic than it was, and it wasn't. He passed very peacefully. And Christopher, from what I understand, there were two people in the room when Christopher died that didn't notice what that he died, which just makes me angry. And his was very peaceful also. So it makes me wonder, is it, is it all, all peaceful? See, do, and do normal people have these thoughts? That's what I want to know. I never had these thoughts before I had lost a child. I never wondered about death or what it was like. Or um, These thoughts have only come after. And I think it's because death is so present. Right? It's like it sits right next door. Right next to me. Every day. There's no dividing line between here and there for me anymore. It is right here. And it's always present. There's not a moment in the day that I don't think about Christopher. Wonder about him and think about him. And, and even during this experience, he was very much present. So thank you for listening. If you would like and subscribe. Um, please reach out to me and let me know if these are, are helpful at all for you. If there's topics that you want to talk about, I would really like to like to hear from you. You can reach me at grievinginsomniacs at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram, um, grieving, grieving Insomniacs. I'm on Facebook. I'm finding I don't get much traffic on Facebook, grievinginsomniacs.com or Grieving Insomniacs at Facebook and ChristyHaberman.com for my website. So thank you for listening. Have a happy 4th or as much of a happy 4th as you can. Thank you for listening.